Welcome all you sons of bitches to the Kick-Ass Irreverent Gaming Podcast where three lifelong friends gather to talk about video games. We are Respawn Aim Fire! Uh, uh, uh. I'm Chad, Michael Ennis. That's Holden, Christopher Adams Departo. Hi. And you are you, and that's why we love you. We're Randy Savage! <laughs> <laughs> We're starting intense this time. And if you'd like to support us with more than just your time, you can go to patreon.com slash respawnamefire and give us $1 to influence what we play each month. Play along with us weekly game nights. Play along with us on weekly game nights. And get dope wallpapers for all your shit. Whew. That's new. I added that part at the end. It's new. Also, the intensity and the Randy <laughs> Savage. That's also new. Welcome back, everybody. 137 is the episode we are on. That is almost three years worth of this three years coming up in february yeah we're gonna have a big celebration there is a three-year gathering if anyone wants to travel we have a meetup happening in rhode island the second weekend of february friday saturday sunday we will have a meetup if anyone else is in the area we we've already got two people if you want to fly out and meet us great we're not going to pay for your tickets but <laughs> when you said second, I, I thought you were going to say Rhode Island, the second least important state in the United States. What would be the first? Alaska. Are you kidding me? Have you seen the Northern Lights? I haven't, but, but you can from there. It's like so far tucked away they up also, there. It's just like, ugh. But they have, you have the blockbuster. Canada. You have to get into Canada to get to Alaska. You can like, boat in the it, first dude. Place. You can just... boat it, fly it, pack it, print it, ship it. Print it, pack it, mm. ship it. Pack Whatever you do, ship it. <laughs> Just ship yourself to, yes. to Alaska. Yes. We're going to talk about video games today. We've got a lot to talk about. We've got about record-breaking games. We've got VR. Does not matter? Does it not? Ooh. And we're also going to talk about that fucking Atari VCR console. Uh, but we're going to start by talking about what we played this week. I'm going to start, and then Holden's going to start after I start, and then we're going to talk at the same time. <laughs> All right. Ready? All right. Ready. One, two, three. I played more so I Beat an Saber Xbox this week. week. I've and been there was using... a lot. Just kidding. All right, you got it. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Surprise! I played more Beat Saber. It's just I rediscovered my love for Panic at the Disco. The last couple of like last like two months when they released the Panic at the Disco pack on Beat Saber, and it is the most fun pack of four songs. High hopes. Play that thing on double speed. Disappearing arrows. Double S rank. I'm 18th in the world right now on that song. Wait, disappearing arrows? They don't show you the arrows? They do they far off in the distance, but as they get about halfway to you, the arrows are gone, and you just have to remember. <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. It's so fucking fun. That sounds cruel. <laughs> but then there's that, and then Kanan and I on our vacation. The vacation will pop up a couple more times so that this as an excuse for lots of things. Um, <laughs> when we went on vacation, we also saw Frozen 2, which was a bop. Y'all should go see Frozen 2, but Panic! at the Disco does the uh, end credits version of the new, the, the new Let It Go song is Into the Unknown, and they do the end credits version, and it's a fucking bop, and we listened to it at least six times every day on our 10-day vacation, and we sung it on every hike we went. That's Panic! at the Disco as well. And then, I was like, I'm gonna look up what else Panic! at the Disco has done, and I stopped listening to them way back after I graduated high school, but they did not stop making music. They have so many songs, and they're all bops. Anyway, played some more Beat Saber. Great, great shit. Uh, we'll talk more about Beat Saber in a little bit. I played Pokemon Sword. I didn't play a ton of it. Here's the thing. It's a mobile game. It's on my Switch. I love it. And I was in the ideal situation. Go on a plane. Play it on a plane. I had like four flights. Uh, the only time I ended up playing it, because I fall asleep immediately on planes, uh, there was a day. Oh, you're so lucky. 
I, I can't help it. I even today or yesterday, I got back to San Francisco on my two flights. I was like, oh, I can't wait to watch Mandalorian episode four. And like before we took off, I was like falling onto my onto my uh, iPad. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't say it. Anyway, uh, so I played Pokemon Sword one day in San Diego. We woke up and Kanan was grumpy as fuck. So I made him take a two hour nap. And while he was napping, I did the switch thing. I did what they show in the commercials. I went to Balboa Park in San Diego, walked around, saw some cool buildings and shit, and then I sat down in the plaza, popped out my Pokemon, and did a little diddle. Went to uh, the wild area for the first time, and the Dynamax, I guess the raids, right? In the, the wild raids, area, yeah. the red things shooting up, those are raids. They don't call mm-hmm. them raids in the game, but they called them that in the marketing or in the announcement or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. They just called me Dynamax Dens or something like that. Did a couple of those. Didn't realize they were going to have, like, automated PC people, like, NPCs fighting with you to help. So, got a couple of those Pokemon. Explored the wild area a bit. Liking it. Liking it. Uh, I've got a vacation coming up at the end of the month. In, like, three weeks. So many vacations. I can't wait. I'm going to hopefully beat it. Um, Hopefully, I did not play Undertale, even though I brought my Vita with me. Uh, but if you played Undertale this month, you can listen to our thoughts on it on the side quest that just launched two days ago. If you're listening to this, or we recorded it two seconds ago, uh, right now. If you're listening in on our apartment on Sunday, and then finally, I beat Jedi Fallen Order. I beat this just before we recorded, and I made us delay the recording of this so that I could beat it because I wanted to talk about it. It was, just so you all know, a huge inconvenience. It was <laughs> enormous. We delayed it 30 <laughs> minutes. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I was, as everyone knows, I was daunted by the thought of all the games I have to beat this by the end of the year, Pokemon included, Death Stranding, all of these fucking things. And Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is something that I got like six or seven hours into before I left on vacation. And then after coming back to it two weeks later, I was like, oh man, this is not not quite what I wanted it to be. And I don't know whether I was just grumpy or whether I was two weeks removed and the shine had worn off. But this game has gone from being like a, uh, yeah, this could... This could possibly, it's kind of been a, a slow year for games. This could possibly be in the top five games of the year for me to just going to like maybe the biggest disappointment of the year for me. The more I think about it, the more, uh, it's definitely not in my top five for the year. 100% not yeah. my top five. Um, it's tough. Like everything I think about that I love about this game, I'm like, oh, I'm a Star Wars fan. That's why I like that part of the game. Like 100%. Star Wars elements. Yeah, all the Star Wars stuff is great. The music, awesome. The environments are really, really cool. But, like, the gameplay doesn't pan out for me. It yeah. has too many bugs. And and the platforming was a big disappointment because that's something they nailed in Titanfall. I and was so happens? surprised by that. Yeah, because Titanfall 2, we played it... Background for anyone who's just joining us for the first time. We played Titanfall 2 as part of our barf game for uh, Backlog Accomplishment with Respawn and get Friends game this year. We played Apex Legends on game night with people. And we were like, wow, we've been sleeping on Respawn. They're a great studio. I'm fucking floored by the quality of, of the platforming, the wall running, all of that kind of stuff. And then you get to this game and you're like, did they just bring the team name over and leave everyone else behind? Because <laughs> this plays like shit. And I think you said it right. It's like... I 100% would not have finished this game had it not been a Star Wars game. 
Mm-hmm. That is all that kept me going because like this is it's kind of cool that it's a, a game in the Star Wars universe. There are lightsabers. I'm a Jedi. Had it been a, a random new IP or something like that, and this is how it played, and it was all the same exact environments and shit like that, I 100% would not have continued. And it's weird because it's not like there are parts of the game that are really great. I liked the the Metroidvania style um, come back with a new power and you could do more things. Like I like that element of it. I think the the map, although kind of confusing sometimes, felt very Metroid Prime, which is just felt like nostalgic for the reasons. Like I liked that part of it, um, but it never nothing. I felt like meshed to be a great overall experience. Even the sword combat, I'm like, oh, I'm swinging a lightsaber around. This is great. And I'm like, but it doesn't mechanically feel that good. And it I was doesn't. talking to Trevor. Yeah. And I was talking to Trevor about it. Um, I don't know if you were there for this game night, but he was talking about how he was playing Jedi Master and went down to Jedi Knight because he felt like he was losing, not because he didn't block at the right time, but the game like didn't do what it should have done. It didn't play out properly. Like, something kind of got messed up. Yeah, I felt and like so I the say- countering system, I felt like for me, was broken. Yeah. Even when I dropped down, spoiler, for the last, not sorry, not spoilers for the game. But for my playthrough, the last like third of it, I dropped down to story mode, at which the parry window is supposed to be huge on it. And I just felt like it would only register. I know that I'm hitting at the right time and I can see the animations happening, but nothing would happen. The parry actually wouldn't occur maybe 60 yeah. percent of the time. And you're right. You can kind of see it do something, which makes it really confusing as to why it didn't work. It's not like you were mid animation. It just it just he does something with his lightsaber. He, like, fiddles with it for a second, but he doesn't actually do anything. It's infuriating. It was infuriating. Yeah. Especially in boss battles where, and this doesn't make any sense to me, when there are moves that you cannot block, they, they, they shine the character, or they highlight them red. Right. But when a character is carrying a red lightsaber in a dark environment, I can't really tell if they're red because it's an unblockable move, or if they're just red because their lightsaber is lighting them up. I, I couldn't tell. Or even worse, and, when the when the boss is carrying a red lightsaber that's double sided, so it's extra bright, and they're in a red room as well. Yes, like the final final boss. Yeah. Yep. Spoiler alerts, by the way. We're talking about everything in the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's oh, it's really disappointing. It is not a terrible game. I have played worse games before, but I just feel like knowing what this team I know is capable of, I don't feel like the bar was met. No, not at all. And I feel like. You're right. It's not a terrible game. In fact, it has a lot of great inspiration, and you can 100% see. We talked about this earlier on the show too, but like you can see the inspiration of it has the platforming of Uncharted. It has the combat that is kind of Sekiro or Souls like. I know you'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. Uh, we mm-hmm. have like all of these things. Like the environment, you can kind of see is is a lot of it seems like a little bit maybe pulled from Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, yeah, but it just. It's crappy implementations of all of those great things. The wall running and the platforming from, as you mentioned, Titanfall mm-hmm. 2, but it's just not as good. Like, And it's not like, oh, you got close. It's just like, no, this is just like a... The un- for instance, yeah. just the uncharted part of it, the platform, like the the platforming, climbing up things. We talked, you have to hit the button to do it, but then it's also slow mm-hmm. for most of the game. And then the ropes. When I was reading <laughs> reviews, when I was reading reviews for this game, and even after I'd played the first like four or five hours, I was like... Everybody in these reviews is mentioning, and it's a joke, about how he's a Jedi and he just can't fucking hold a rope to save his life or grab a rope to save his life. And I was like, you know what? I'm not having that bad of a time with it. 
But then the last half of the game, I was like, holy fuck. I'm grabbing onto ropes, using my powers on them and things like that, and I'm jumping, and the jump is going in the complete opposite direction. Or mm-hmm. I pull the rope to me, and the rope is just like, oh, six inches short. But everything about the environment of me getting to it, it's like, there's no way I could have gotten six inches closer on that jump by myself. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the game's fault. that. I- and then you jump off of a rope, and... You jump too high and you miss the wall run part. And it's like, that shouldn't be able to happen. And it gets really confusing. There's one area, I can't remember what planet it's on, but there's this swinging pendulum that you have to grab onto and then swing across the other side to jump over. Oh, but yeah. you have to like use the force stop to stop it, to jump onto it. And I'm like, I think this is the way to do it. And I f- it had that moment of like, oh, I'm so clever for th- figuring this out. <laughs> like it, it was like a good puzzle moment. But then I went flying off in a different direction. I'm like, oh, that must not have been the solution. No, it was the solution. But for some reason, n- you know, nine out of ten times, it didn't do what I wanted it to and what it should have done. Yep. Over and over again. And, and that's it, not only in the platforming, yeah. but that's also in the combat, I felt like. Like, I would be... Yeah. It's just me. The enemy is directly in front of me, and I go to use one of my moves. Maybe it's the whole triangle to, like, do your powerful slash. And it's like, it went... I literally pushed the enemy out of the way and then did the rest of the move beside the enemy instead of hitting the enemy. It's like, that kind of shit mm-hmm. shouldn't happen. Yeah, yeah. And... I don't know, this is a weird thing to say, but, like, you, you're watching the, the demo for this at E3, where they show you how you can force pull and push things away from you and stop it at a time, and I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to see the litany of force powers. And, you know, that was, that was it. So yeah. at a certain point, progression kind of stopped, and I kind of felt like I was just doing the same thing over and over again. Like, it should have spread those things out a little bit, at least. Because I kept thinking, oh, man, I've gotten those three things. That's what they showed off... In like the in the marketing, like I, I'm curious what the kind of the end game things are going to be, and it's usually just something for uh, BD one, so we can like, I guess take over scouts and things like yeah. that, which I didn't really use that much. And I don't know at a certain point, like the 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 new mechanics being introduced just kind of dropped off, and then I'm just left with mechanics that I don't f- like interacting with. Had I not played game. on story mode for the last half, I feel like I would have felt that more. But I feel like I because so I, the reason I played on story mode is because it's like I'm not enjoying this enough. I'm frustrated with it. The combat mm-hmm. I've gotten what I need from the combat, and now it's all just kind of repetitive to me. So I'm like, I'm just gonna get to the end of this game because people are talking about the story and how good of a story it is. So I switched yeah. it down to story mode, and with me, I feel like where the force power stopped, and then you start upgrading your lightsaber. I'm not gonna spoil anything about that, but the, the lightsaber mm-hmm. upgrades that you get later in the game too, like those. I feel like the progression of that picked up where the force powers left off for me because I played it mm-hmm. all in like three hours, four hours, or something like that. Um, I I didn't I had a different view on that, but I don't want to get into that if we don't want to talk about, about that part of the game in terms of spoilers. Um, I don't know. It's been a few weeks. I think we can talk about it. I think it's fine. You think I'm gonna so? talk if you want. If you don't listen for the next two minutes <laughs> if you if you don't want to know. Um, the lightsaber stuff, yes, it was cool that you know you got a double-sided lightsaber. But I kind of noticed I was still sticking with my single blade a lot, so I wasn't really using the double-sided too much anyway. Um, and then I got the holding two, and I'm like, dude, this is going to be dope. I can like attack people with two lightsabers. But it was just like a special move. that, right. And you know me, I forget about special moves all the time. <laughs> so I just wasn't 
thinking about it, and so I just didn't like feel like anything new had been introduced for for me. Gotcha. Um, I did fully take advantage of all of those. Like the double sided, I was like using that to clear out crowds, and then I would hold the button so that I would do the double sided move that turned into a single, and then I would do mm-hmm. the double lightsaber move. Like I, I did very often switch between those. And in really the final boss, I finally took advantage of that because I can get her like stance meter down faster that way that's yeah. that's how i used it that's basically that's basically it um and i the only the main reason why i'm still excited about this game is that i want more games like this just yes. better versions of like a better version of it mm-hmm. i and i don't mind respawn making a second one i because I, I really do still have faith in the team i don't think that they're bad developers. I think that maybe this is a rushed out game. Maybe here's what I think happened. Like we, I talked about yeah. in real life. I just, so I went to San Diego. I saw Trevor in real and life, Dusty. You talked and, about this. Yeah, yeah. saw Dusty and Trevor, <laughs> and we hung out and a couple of their friends. And we talked about like you can see that this was very much. You can see influences of Star Wars thirteen thirteen that got canceled and Ragtag that got canceled, and it's a bunch of like cobbled together remnants of those thrown into a project that I'm sure as soon as they acquired Respawn last year, they're like, hey, we need to release a Star Wars game alongside Episode Nine. We have all of this crap that doesn't really go together. We need you to put it together and make it work. And I'm sure this is the result of that. So it was a little rushed. It wasn't quite fully their own. And I feel like if they were to make the second one, which, spoilers for the rest of this episode, it sounds like they're going to be successful enough to make a second one. uh, And it's fully Respawn's own original thoughts original gameplay and they have the time to work on it i feel like it's going to be a much better game and to build off that i'm pretty sure this game started off as their own thing not star wars related at all and then ea is like hey we have the star wars license you should turn this into a star wars game and by the way add in these other elements from other canceled star right. wars projects at the same time um i think it makes a ton of sense um and, and also i think if, if it was delayed into march i think that would have helped iron yeah. some things out because but you got episode nine coming bugs. out it's in the site guys like oh yeah totally totally um but that's just this in this is where spider-man marvel spider-man is really successful is yep. they didn't have to rely on that yep they could just release the game and and i get why they'd want to marry star wars games to star wars movies totally get it from a marketing perspective but i think people will remember this game more if it wasn't released alongside the movie yep. just let the movie have its spotlight release the game whenever it can be a game of the year contender because it guaranteed will get tons of eyes, regardless of, of if a movie is coming out or not. Um, yeah. But they only have three years left on their EA on the EA licensing. It ends in twenty twenty three. So, w- do they have time to make another one? And if they did, would that just get rushed out too? Because they I have think they've to got time to make it a sequel. Especially so. Yeah. One of the things Imran Khan has been like, this is going to be a series. That's why they called it Jedi colon Fallen Order. So the next game could be Jedi mm-hmm. colon whatever the fuck. Um, I want Rising Order. I think that'd be cool. Oh, I want Jedi colon. Watch me take a poop. <laughs> likely. That's a likely yeah. one. Um, yeah. So A deviation of the naming convention, but when you see the <laughs> game, it'll make sense. <laughs> so I think they have a lot a lot of things developed already. They have the saber combat. They, like, they can take a, shave off a lot of time off of a new game because they can reuse a lot of what they've got. I think what's interesting is that this game was made with... I can't remember whether it's Unity or Unreal. Uh, because Respawn was making it originally before they got bought uh so it's using a third-party engine which ea does not do all of ea's games mm-hmm. it's a, a thing that you have to use frostbite so um 
I don't know whether that's going to cause a wrench. Like in the next game, are they going to force them to port everything to oh, Frostbite, and then yeah. it's also going to break because everything made with Frostbite breaks? <laughs> they should reuse a lot of the stuff anyway, so I'm, I'm fine with that. Just, re- just restart it. <laughs> just make Star Wars <laughs> colon Jedi Fallen Order again, yeah. and then call again. it the same thing, just like Modern Warfare. And release yes. it two years later. Uh, yeah, so this is... Uh, you know what else? Sorry, last thing I want to say about it. You can say whatever you want, but the last thing I want to say about it is that I'm surprised that I came back to this game three weeks after it launched, and it was still, I was still having, like, bugs out the asshole. Like, I, I was listening to you and Alex talk last week, and you were talking about, you know, loading into rooms that were completely black and, and didn't load. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow, I never had anything that, that serious. Today, or yesterday, guess what happened? Load into a room is completely black. Nothing's happening. And I'm like, okay, I'm just like walking around nothingness, and I can see the world way up high above me. And then finally, oh, you know, like up on me, I didn't even have that. <laughs> <laughs> but there were so many times when I was running into an environment, and the enemies would be in T pose with their weapon right out in front of them. And then oh, as I soon as I hit them the, the first time, yeah, all the fucking time, clipping through environments with boss battles. I would fall through the ground a lot, or I would do a move and I'd get stuck in the wall, like past the wall. It was, mm-hmm. I cannot believe how buggy this fucking game is. Three weeks after launch, you've had plenty mm-hmm. of time for a day one patch, day two, d- week three patch. Yeah. Um, the only last thing I want to say about Jedi Fallen Order, Order is I'm playing it going, this is really similar to Sekiro's combat. Let me just, because let me just go back and play Sekiro. Let me re-download it, just kind of replay it, and kind of just see how it compares, why like why Sekiro was, was, was better, and and man, it's a night and day difference. And I think that's what hurt Jedi Fallen Order for me as well. Is that I played Sekiro, which is an extremely similar uh, style of game, really. I mean, it has a skill tree that you get through uh, um, earning skill points in the same way in both games. Like mechanically, they have a lot in common. I don't, I'm not saying anything about them taking ideas or anything like that. Just the timing, development. It was clearly their own development. Not making any comments there. But when you're Blocking in Sekiro, it's perfect. It feels perfect. There's when it, a lot of the issues we talked about with Jedi Fallen Order's combat, where I can't tell if they're about to do an unblockable uh, attack or not. Sekiro figured that out. They have just the the uh, Japanese character shows up on screen um, in, in all red to, to, to signify that for you. When you can do a death blow on an enemy and take them out in one hit because they're, they're ready to do that, you can tell when you've broken their stance. They have the red dot on them. They just figured out a lot of these visual cues that makes the combat feel perfectly seamless that this game was just missing. So when I, I couldn't quite put my finger on it, like what was missing from this? And I'm like, that's right. I played this game already this year and it was <laughs> way better. And I, t- I was talking to Dallas about this and, and you know, he said to me like, it's not quite the fairest comparison because secure is probably one of the best combat systems in a game. Like it's just super fluid and that's fair. But I still did play that a few months ago. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it can't not be my mind, especially when there's so much to, to um, so much in common between the systems. And so I think Dallas is, is completely right. Uh, it reminds me of that you can't really compare them because it's different quality, but like it's, it's hard not to. The, it, it reminds me of, and this is a weird tangent, but it's totally relates i promise there's this game called game dev story by karyosoft it's a mobile game where it's you're simulating making games that kind of stuff and one thing that can happen to you is you'll be developing a game 
um, and you're earning good development points. It's like the highest numbers you've seen yet. You're really excited about it. And then like uh, in the game, a new story will come out that a game came out that has very similar mechanics as yours. And then your development points go down and your game's now not as good. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's exactly what, <laughs> what happened here. And it's sad because I really wanted this game to be very good. Do you think that's what happened, or do you think they tried to rip off Sek- like they saw Sekiro at like E3 or something like that, and they tried to rip it off, and they did not do it as well? Because uh, I feel like the timeline matches. Sekiro released in March, but I'm sure they got their hands on it back in 2018. That's you know that's that's a good point because they just showed gameplay off at that point. We didn't yeah. see what it looked like, and I'm sure and they got behind closed doors was stuff. There. Yeah, I, I don't want to put any sort of malfeasance in there because yeah. that'd be kind of a yeah. But um, th- there are a lot of similarities between the c- combat, or it, it's undeniable. Yeah, I mean they it's they. Undeniable. I don't want to say rip off because that's a bad word, but they were clearly, very clearly inspired by a lot of things, including the last yeah. thing I'll say before I make us move on. How fucking <laughs> shitty were those sliding down the mud and ice segments? <laughs> they were the fucking worst. This is why those exist. Uh, okay, we have this great part of a level right here, but we need you to get over there. Uh, just put a fucking slide, and it'll get them there really fast. Put a slide, and then also exists. you can't control it at all, and you'll just fall off the side 95 times until you die. And then when you do finally run out of life and you have to start it over again, to get your experience back, it's a little point flying way up above the ice thing that you can't ever reach if you wanted to. So, fuck you. <laughs> That's what they decided. Anyway, let's move on. You got an Xbox. I got an Xbox. Yes, yeah, so we're going to talk about Xbox. I got it from the Black Friday deals because it was really cheap. Um, great deal. I really have seen the value from Game Pass, though, now that I have an Xbox. Holy shit, have I downloaded a ridiculous amount of games already. <laughs> it's insane i literally went through and i'm like well let me just like download any game from 2019 that came out because like maybe i want to play that for the end of the year so i have like devil may cry 5 i downloaded gears 5 i downloaded outer worlds <laughs> again even though i have it on my ps4 I'm like why not <laughs> um i just downloaded it because there's so much there i can't believe how much content is on game pass right i'm so floored it is the best value in gaming hands down <laughs> it was worth getting this xbox just to get game pass just for Game Pass. I'll come back to um, to Game Pass in a little bit. Um, I want to talk a little bit about just the software of the Xbox. Mm-hmm. There are some things that I really like about the software. I think it's also a, a buggy mess sometimes. <laughs> um, some really odd yep. things can happen. But one thing I really just want to call it really like about the software that I really wish Sony did better is I can make groups of like here are entertainment apps here are games i'm currently playing i might have like a backlog group if i want to make that and i can put them on my home screen so it can be really fast to get to certain content that i choose is there whereas playstation 4 it just is like hey this here's the string of the last things you played which works most of the time but do you I'd not make like folders on ps4 uh, I guess I can make folders. Like I, have, I, don't, a, I have a VR folder and yeah. I have a multiplayer folder and I have a like these are great indies folder and my backlog folder. Like I have folders like that. I guess I just haven't really used them like that too much. I like the way that it works on on Xbox, sure. but I maybe you're right. I should look into that on PlayStation. Um, I like that part of it. Um, a lot. It's really fast. It feels a lot faster than my PS4 does. But maybe it's because my PS4 is like three years old now. Um, and it's probably really dusty in there. <laughs> it's uh, also the launch PS4, right? It's not like the slim. 
Um, it's not the launch one, but it, it's not the slim. It's like one that came out afterwards that probably had some refinements to it. Gotcha. Um, it doesn't have the same gloss, like half glossy, half yeah. matte look on the top. It's just all matte. Um, but it is technically the original PS4. Yeah, it, like PS4 is a little laggy now, and the Xbox One S feels snappier, which I like. Um, but there are some problems on the Xbox Store. Can I tell you one? The only gripe I have about the Xbox is mm-hmm. trying to find my fucking games. <laughs> I, <laughs> I play it only once every couple of months, and it's just like I can. I always spend at least three minutes like, where the fuck are my games? How do I? How do I just see where my games are? That's all I want to see, and it's like going through a hundred different menus. I, I don't know. I'm lost. Maybe that's why I like the groups so much, and why it speaks to me more here is because. I had the same thought. Like, where the fuck are my games? And they're like, groups. <laughs> I can just add them to the home screen and I don't get confused anymore. Yay. So, yeah, I think I, that's a good call out. Um, speaking of finding games, that's my exact problem with the Xbox, uh, the Xbox uh, store. Is when you want to find 360 games, I've rented the three things, two things that were really obnoxious. I'm like, cool, I can try playing Half-Life 2 in the orange box. I'm going to get the orange box. Because I realized um, that... 360 games are pretty cheap. Like Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3, I bought both of those because Mass Effect 1 is in uh, Game Pass. We're like six bucks a piece. Like that's a solid deal. Totally down for that. So I went to go uh, get Orange Box. It literally shows up in the store and then says, you have to go to xbox.com to buy this. You can't buy this here. What? Yeah. When, when do you ever go to an online store to download a game to that specific console, which is designed to download? And say, you can't do that here. You have to go somewhere else. Very weird. So have you uh, else. met Stadia? Because <laughs> <laughs> you got to do that on Stadia currently. Oh, I didn't even know about that. Jeez, yep. man, that console. you got to go to the Stadia we'll website. About- you can't even do it through the iPhone app. You have to do it through a desktop PC like to redeem codes and shit like that, too. Like- the iPhone app makes sense because there's the 30% cut that they don't want to yeah. give Apple. Um, but that's a bit not... Ooh, that's weird. Okay. Um We'll talk about Stadia a little bit. Sorry, I'm just... Uh, anytime I hear Stadia, like, triggers me. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, like my Asar- Atari VCS. Yeah. So, where was I at with Xbox Store? So, all right. So, I tried to find Half-Life 2, or Orange Box, and I go to the website, and then I try the website, and it's just spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. I leave. I take a shower. I come back. And it's still spinning. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm just not buying this game because it won't let me buy it. Why would I do it? Then I went to go. I'm like, well, I would like to play Mirror's Edge again because I haven't gone back to Catalyst, but I still really like Mirror's Edge, the, the first game. So I'll, I'll buy that because it's, like, it's basically the only like few games I really want for 360 are Mass Effect, uh, Mirror's Edge, and then anything else is already in Game Pass. And I go to buy the game and... It says uh, there was an error. Every time I say buy game, error pops up. Every single time. And I'm like, fuck it. This is ridiculous. This is like something that any company realizes you can't buy something on their store. They're going to fix that immediately because that's how they make money. Like, why haven't they done that? It's very frustrating. Um, Everything else about Xbox I've really enjoyed. That's like the only bad things I have to say about yeah. it. It's a really good console. The controller is phenomenal. I have one more bad thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, so I get my Xbox. And as I'm playing it, controller disconnected. And then I'll turn my controller off back on again. Five minutes later, controller disconnected. And it got really annoying. And this was the like the day before the day before Thanksgiving. So on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. 
And like, this is my only time I get to play this. And I'm not dealing with like a bad controller right now because I would like to play some of my Xbox before, um, um, before we record. I'd like to talk about it. So I literally just went to a store and bought a new controller. And actually, I got the gray one with the light blue. Oh, yeah. That's sexy. I've considered that one in the past. I like it. It's nice. So I have a controller now. I like the controller a lot now that it doesn't disconnect. I was thinking the range was really short or something because it sometimes would happen when I go put my hands underneath my desk and kind of lean back in my chair. But it's working now. That's the only other problem I have with the Xbox. Now I'm done saying. What did you do with the broken controller? Do you just? I'm going to call Microsoft and see if I can get it replaced. Um, But I I don't mind having two controllers anyway. So gotcha. Plus that was also on the Black Friday sales, so it was like forty bucks to get. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so the controller, holy shit, the controller is so good. I'm literally thinking like next year, do I get Cyberpunk on my Xbox instead? Because I think I'd rather play Cyberpunk on an Xbox controller. With those I don't vibrating know. triggers. Yeah, yep. I've oh, it, the, just the joysticks and how they have that like textured grip on the sides of it that feels so good. It, yeah, it's a nice controller. It's, it's a really nice controller. I like it a lot. Double A battery is a little strange, but I'm sure there's got to be some sort of rechargeable pack i could get yeah i just bought rechargeable double a batteries what i love because they're double a batteries they last for fucking ever like an xbox controller will last you 20 30 hours of gameplay oh that's good to know yeah so far i haven't had to replace the batteries but it's also been a week so i figured actually that would be impressive because the ps4 wouldn't even make it a week (laughs) yeah the ps4 (laughs) i have to recharge it after like playing for five hours in one day yeah so I'm liking the Xbox a lot. The other another reason to get uh, other games on Xbox too is just the storage. I have a terabyte on here. Where's my PS5? I have 500 gigs. Mm. And thinking about how big Cyberpunk's probably going to be, definitely want to put that on a terabyte hard drive as opposed to my 500 gigs on my PS4. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I downloaded a bunch of shit to it. I even downloaded like Destiny too because why not? I have crossplay, so I just want to play on Xbox <laughs> controller. Like why not? Or not crossplay, uh, cross progression. Does it have crossplay yet? I no. don't think so. Just cross progression. Yep. That's right. Yeah. So, all right, what have I been playing on Xbox? So, don't talk about the hardware. Um, I played Mass Effect mostly. Um, I was. It's funny. I get a new console. And I immediately go back to a last generation game. <laughs> and man, because that backwards so compatibility good. though is so great. It the Mass Effect is so great. I'm so amped to keep playing this game. I'm loving it second to second. A lot of it's nostalgia, but a lot of it is. Bioware made a really well-told story. I kind of forgot how well-told the story is in that game. It immediately gets going. It's interesting from the beginning. The world is really rich. I forgot how rich the world feels, even though it's on a 360, so like it doesn't have quite the... Uh, uh, the env- we'll say the environments aren't quite as lavish as they could be on a newer console, but it still feels like a lived-in place to me. I think a lot of that is that I have already lived in it, and I've made decisions. I've seen consequences of those decisions in that world, so I think that yep. might be a part of it. But I'm excited to play through it again and finally play the third game, because I never played the third game. I'm just very, very excited to be back on Mass Effect. Blah, back on Mass Effect. Then I played Remnant from the Ashes, which is a game that we have talked about mm-hmm. wanting to play together. It's on Game Pass. It gets considered, it's, it's called kind of the third-person shooter version of Dark Souls. And that's definitely uh, an apt comparison. Initially, it wasn't that difficult. You just kind of have to be well-placed with your shots, and you're pretty okay. 
and then I hit the first boss battle, and now that's immediately when I was thinking, cool, I can't wait to play this with Chad, because I need help. <laughs> this is really <laughs> hard. <laughs> so, uh, definitely, I recommend playing that. It is... It, it feels very mechanically good, even if it doesn't look the best. It feels very good mechanically. And that's very important. Like, go thinking about Jedi Fallen Order, where it's trying to go for this whole Dark Souls, kind of Soulsborne feel, but it doesn't mechanically feel good enough to pull it off. Where I feel like Remnant does feel mechanically good enough to pull it off. I know it's my fault when I die. I haven't really thought yet that something wasn't my fault. Which is, I think, an important question to ask when you're trying to say, is this a Soulsborne game? Um, the last game I just kind of dabbled in um, was Below. I think you, I don't know if you, you remember should, that game. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's leaving Game Pass in like a week. So if you want to finish yeah. it, finish it. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to finish it. <laughs> uh, it it's okay. It's kind of not what I was expecting it to be. Um, and there's so much other stuff I want to play, but it looks gorgeous. It looks really, really nice. That's from that's the it game played. from Cappy Games, right? Uh, sure. I don't know. I think it's Cappy. We'll games. say yes. You might want to look it up. It's it tries to do the whole. Every time you die, you're a new character going back through the progress the previous, you know, a playable character went through. The problem I have with it is that it's too slow. It's like if I want to get back to my progress, it literally takes several minutes just to walk back to Mm. the starting area of the cave where the game actually begins. And it's really annoying. Every time you die, you have to go back to the beach, go up the beach, climb up this, like, mountain... Go across this like this field, go into the cave, go down to the cave, go down this giant staircase, and then you're at the first part of the cave where you can start actually playing the game. And I'm like, that's too long. That is way too long. Yep. There's it, it looks gorgeous, so it's like, but I, there wasn't anything interesting to do in that area. Um, so I don't. I just didn't feel compelled to keep playing it. But I've heard it's a good game, so it's like, should I keep playing it? I don't know. I got so much to play by the end of 2019 that I'm just not going to. Yeah. That was a that was a long playtime <laughs> yeah that was it was so much time for playtime playtime uh speaking of playtime if you would like to play some games with us this week thursday night we are having another game night 6 p.m pacific time i'm assuming because that's how it usually is are i think we're splitting up for this one maybe <laughs> i think there are a few of us that's who are my fault <laughs> well, we're gonna have i think i'm playing anthem on ps4 so if you want to play anthem with me because Black Friday deal, we got it for $5 on Amazon, and we're like, well, we can finally stop trashing it and have, like, a real reason to trash it, so we're going to play it. <laughs> uh, Good way to go to a game. I can't wait to trash <laughs> So you can choose to play Anthem with me on Thursday, or on Thursday you can play Sea of Thieves with Holden, I think, is the plan, right? Yes. On Xbox. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So choose your weapon. I, are we all, maybe we'll all talk together on Discord, or maybe we'll just split up and do different party chats. I don't know. More info to come. I don't know. Again, patreon.com slash respawn aimfire if you would like to play with us as well. Let's move on to our quest log and get to the meat of this goddamn podcast. God damn it. Have you seen Ford versus Ferrari? No, I want to. Is it good? I hated it. Most people love it, but I hated it. But there's this one line <laughs> of this old guy who's like, stop throwing firecrackers at them little girls all day. God damn it. <laughs> and it just cracks me up whenever he says, God damn it. I say it all the time now. Anyway, uh, moving on to our fetch quests. 
These are little tiny headlines, basically. Not much meat to them. We'll kind of breeze through them. First, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order breaks digital sales record for EA. From Logan Moore at DualShockers, it is the fastest-selling Star Wars game digitally. And that's not just EA Star Wars games. That is all Star Wars games. Uh, which I guess makes sense because EA's had them since digital's become really a thing. No one's going to say Super yeah. Star Wars on Super NES was the fastest-selling digital game. Um, and then it is I also... mean, it was released digitally at some point. Maybe that was the fastest-selling <laughs> digital right. Star Wars games. <laughs> uh, it was also the fastest-selling EA Star Wars game on PC, where pretty much everything is digital now. Do they even release them still on discs? Everything's digital on I think PC. you can buy a box, but it's just a code, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's still a code. I think. I don't know. Oh, well. Uh, next up, Pokemon's global link service will end next year, says Eric Van Allen at US Gamer. It's officially being shut down February 24th, 2020, and it primarily impacts Sun, Moon, and Ultra Sun and Moon. Uh, there are so many now Pokemon services. What is global link again? Global link is basically how those uh, Sun, Moon, Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon would communicate online battles or online trading, that kind of stuff. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Separate yeah. from the Pokemon Bank which, that also communica- communicates with them. Yeah. Which is separate from the new Pokemon whatever, which is basically Bank 2.0. That's still not out mm-hmm. yet. Whenever that comes out next yeah. year. All right. Next up, December's free PS Plus games, Titanfall 2 and Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game from Ken Chan at PlayStation Blog. We've already talked in this episode a lot and also plenty of other episodes. Titanfall 2 is a gem. Go and play that game if you Absolutely. haven't already. Once you beat it, listen to our barf episode about it. Uh, we played it online for like a month and a half, two months on game nights because it was so great. Definitely recommend that. And it's been like $5 before with sales, but now it's free. Go do it. And then whatever the fuck Monster Energy Supercross hyphen the official video game is. Great. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with the Monster Energy and PlayStation games recently? <laughs> Uh, and then if you have a PSVR, you also get a six-day free trial for Firewall Zero from December 3rd through the 9th. That is a fun game. Uh, probably more fun playing with people you know online. because It's it's basically like Rainbow Six Siege, the VR game. It's great. Next up, new rumors and leaks suggest a new Crash Bandicoot title in the works set to release in 2020. Says Jordan Biazzo at Game Ranks. Uh, there's a rumor that it's going to be an- announced during the Game Awards of 2019 next Thursday. Uh, and that the other rumor is that it will be called Crash Bandicoot Worlds and take inspiration from Super Mario Odyssey's open level design. I bet that's totally true. That that uh, that trilogy remake yeah. was the number one game for like how many months in a row, or like was in the top ten for how many months in a row? They clearly said, "Hey, we should make a sequel after that." There's no yeah. way they didn't. That game. Now, I've only the only Crash Bandicoot I've ever played, aside from Crash Team Racing is the part that was in Uncharted 4. They are Same all here. running at the screen, endless runners, right? Like, that's how all the games are? I don't know. I think they are, which makes it, inter- like, how do they adapt that into a Super Mario Odyssey-type level design? I, I think know, they just, that'd just, be cool. I think that's like, I think it'd be equivalent of saying, how are you going to take 2D Mario and make that this open-world Mario design? It's just going to be a different style of game with Crash Bandicoot in it. Yeah. That's right. Whatever. That, that, People that's like what it. I would fucking give it to them. Yeah. Because that, that, even if they made it the same style of game, that wouldn't do well. I don't think it's a new game yeah. in 2020. But I haven't played them, so I don't know. That's, I shouldn't say that, actually. Next up, what is really surprising to me, Valve discontinues the Steam controller, says Hayden Taylor at GamesIndustry.biz. The Steam controller only came out like two years ago, maybe? 
And it's the one where, like, yeah, instead of analog sticks, you know. they have, like, little concave pads you can use. It's, but if you want one, uh, apparently they handle nicely. Uh, you got 90% off right now while supplies last. That's super surprising to me. This is a funny thing to me because this is kind of like things come full circle. Uh, when the Steam Controller was announced, it was a week where they had three announcements in three days. The first day was the Steam Controller. And everyone's like, oh, the next day is going to be the Steam Machine. It's going to be the Steam Console. And the third day is going to be Half-Life 3 exclusive <laughs> for the Steam Machines. And this week, Valve cancels the Steam Controller and is introducing a new Half-Life game. <laughs> yep. That's right. So this was released alongside – well, the idea, the concept was released alongside Steam Machines, which are like pre-built yeah. PCs you can hook up to your TV and basically yeah. Steam Consoles. But then the controller got delayed quite a bit, and they didn't end up releasing mm-hmm. with it. Anyway, well, go yeah. buy one at 90% if you want. Because we, you weren't here last week, and so everyone can hear your opinions on it, what did you think of uh, Half-Life Alex? Oh, God, it looks so fucking good. It looks like mm-hmm. the, the control that you have over each hand, and like it's such a shame that I'm never going to play it. Such a shame. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Yep. It looks like it's going to be the killer app for VR. And I forgot to include it this week, but indexes are selling out. Yeah, like yeah. It's, after it's, the announcement of this game, yeah. like all the Valve headsets are flying off the shelves. Yeah, so it, it's doing its job. Good for that. What a shame. What a shame. Um, no Man's Sky Synthesis update drops tomorrow, says Ken Chen from PlayStation Blog. It includes a lot of new shit. Like, I feel like this thing gets new updates every single month, and they're all significant. Lots of new enhancements, including upgrading starships, map improvements. You can finally ride animals in VR. First-person exocraft in both VR and non-VR, and lots more. You still playing this game? Um, I, you know, I haven't been playing it lately, but my brothers, they got an Xbox, and they play No Man's Sky all the time. So I'm like, maybe I'll buy No Man's Sky for Xbox and play online with them. Mm. So I actually might pick it up again. I feel right. weird buying a game again for their console, but it, it makes sense in that case. Cyberpunk 2077 will probably come to PS5 and Scarlet, but not at launch, says Chris Priestman at IGN. Obviously not launch of the game, because it's scheduled to come out before those consoles do, but won't be <laughs> the launch of the hysterical. consoles. <laughs> well, with backwards you could compatibility, buy the PS5 SKU. <laughs> well, backwards compatibility, technically, the PS4 disc should just go in and work, so it is there right. for launch. Boom. Oh, Shaka Khan. I... <laughs> I'm totally the person that would, like, if they released a PS5 version of it on day one, I would buy the PS5 version and then wait six months to play it on a PS5. I'm always the kind of person, like, I bought Blu-rays before I had an HDTV, and then I bought 3D Blu-rays before I had a 3D TV, and I kept, like, because I know when I finally have that thing, I'm going to want something to watch on it or something to play on it. Mm-hmm. Moving on to our third-party quest log! Pour one out, y'all, for my, uh, my time with Beat Saber. Facebook acquires Beat Saber developer, says Cass Marshall at Polygon. Um, Beat Saber itself will continue to be supported on non-Oculus platforms, and this game is supported as fuck. There's always new shit released on it. Um, Mike Verdu, director of content for Beat Games, assures fans that they will operate, quote, operate the same way that they have to date as an independent studio. I do feel like it's, with that statement being said, I do feel like we probably won't see whatever their next project is on PSVR, and that's where I'm going to be. And that sucks. Oculus Quest. Oculus Quest is uncomfortable for me, and I honestly didn't even like it, so... I don't know. Whatever Oculus Quest 2 is, it's more comfortable and better. Maybe that'll sway me. But then Facebook is just going to know everything about all the porn I watch in it, and they're... (laughs) I don't even have a Facebook account anymore. 
in like in like a few decades, we get things like subscribe to this new Facebook service, or else we're releasing all this stuff on your <laughs> porn watching. <laughs> so you better like the service. <laughs> Next up on our third party quest log is the Atari VCS. Enters final <laughs> stages of pre-production following series of delays, says Hayden Taylor at GamesIndustry.biz. Here are a bunch of Before lies from this. Atari. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think these are lies. These are actually making me feel slightly more confident. I don't know. They they finally have hardware. They're coming out of pre-production that they're testing the hardware now, including the controllers and the console, which, again, sold separately. Yeah. Um, however... They are talking about their plans for the graphical user interface and their plans for the store and plans for all of the software that's going to... I don't know what they're testing right now if they don't have software to run on it. But it's... Um, I think they said they have it working. They, had, they said they had a demo version of the... Um, well, let's go through all the stuff and we'll, we'll break it all down. So they're coming off the assembly line. Controllers are being tested. Atari will run its own GUI, which will include a storefront and be developed in Unity. Will be developed. Uh, yeah, most people don't know what GUI is, though. So that's why I said graphical user interface it's first and then GUI to abbreviate it afterwards. But it, GUI is so much fun to say GUI. It, no, I don't like it. GUI. It's like, you know in, when you were a kid and you say GUI into your hand like this, but it sounds like girl? Girl, 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 You ever did that? No, but, you never no, did that? but that's interesting. No. GUI, 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 GUI. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, they have, quote, several studios lined up for the VCS launch window, and we'll have more to say about them and their titles when we are closer to retail launch. If you're confused about what the launch window is, uh, Indiegogo backers will actually get their units before the March launch. Uh, they will have to be, unfortunately, still delayed a few weeks before they get the best quality product, but they're coming in Q1 of 2020. They assure that they will have original games coming for the VCS launch, both classic, new, and indie games from Atari and third-party developers. However, if you're an Indiegogo person that's getting it early, um, they can't say that all of the all of the like apps and games and things that will be available on launch will be there at that time. So they will have things to play and things to do, but the first wave of apps isn't likely to come before Q1. And then finally, a version of the UI was shown to reporters at E3, and since then, the team has made dramatic improvements. So they're working on a UI, but it doesn't sound like it's yeah. anywhere close to final. Well, I guess it has to be close so to final. But The full text that I was paraphrasing there is saying, and it didn't paraphrase well enough, is that they had a demo version of the software. They knew how it operated. Um, they've So if they've had it, they've known what it looks like. They're just finalizing it now. So it's not like they've started working on it since then. They had like probably right. an alpha or beta at that point, which I... I I'm sure that even the PS5 and the Xbox 2 are on a similar point in their user interfaces for the next generation console, unless they keep the same one. Um, the reason this gave me a little bit, a little bit more hope—not not a lot—I want to be, but a little bit more hope—is that kind of some of the past things that we talked about when we were discussing uh, Atari. I can't remember when that was. They talked about how they didn't even have a graphical user interface; that it was right. just literally going to be Linux. Linux. So I'm like, yeah. Yeah, so like hearing that part, I'm like, oh, okay, thank God, because that would have been like, a, not that I'm planning on getting one, but like that would have been a disaster for them if they didn't even have a UI, but they are going to have a UI. That's a good thing to hear. Um, what are we going to play on it? We still don't know, but they can't say here in an official Medium post that we're going to have original exclusive games in this console and then launch without original exclusive games. Yeah. 
So they do have something. I bet it's not huge. I bet it's like Stadia showing off their ogre game or orc game. Whatever well, I'm sure that it's was. just like more levels of asteroids. <laughs> it's asteroids, but it's like green lines instead of white lines. It's spelled with a Z. <laughs> asteroids. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it could be something really small like that, but they're saying things that I was concerned about and, and mildly alleviating them. They don't have the evidence yet, but I know they can't legally say these things. <laughs> <laughs> so, and lie about it. So, I, I'm now interested to see what they're going to show off. It makes me question more, if you've ever been working on these things behind the scenes, why haven't you been talking about them? Yeah. Like, I feel like in response to the story of it not having an interface, it would have been totally okay for them to say, hey, PR reaching out here on Twitter, we do have an interface, don't worry, guys, that story's complete BS. Like, they should have said something. And waiting till now is strange. It's still a perplexing situation for sure, but I'm like, okay, what are they going to show off? Maybe, maybe it won't be a huge disaster like we've been thinking they just haven't been shutting down rumors that aren't true i don't know like that's things i have no idea i have no idea but they can't legally lie here so i trust them i just think it's amazing that launch is march 2020 yeah indiegogo backers are getting it early which Mm -hmm. means what do they got eight maybe ten weeks from now in order to get that to indiegogo backers and they're just like we're testing GUI and we're testing all this kind of stuff on it. And <laughs> we're going to have some apps. Uh, like, no, that shit should be set. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not saying that it, like, it looks great. It definitely doesn't look great. Um, but they clearly have something behind the scenes they're, they're talking about. I guess so. But yeah, like, it's like, what's the timeline of announcing this? To be fair, to be fair here, we had the big switch like breakdown of like, here are the games that are coming. Here's the price. Here's all the stuff two months before it came out. We had the initial announcement, that one trailer in October uh, of 2016, and then like in January, they actually like talked about it, and it came out in March. But we had the announce of all of the things. They're still mm-hmm. working on what it might look like. That's insane. Insane to me. We didn't know what the interface looked like for the Switch at that point. We, we didn't, didn't know, know but I guarantee you Nintendo knew. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure Nintendo is doing a much better job than Atari VCS. I'm going to be very good about that. But my point is that, like, you know, it, it, it has not been unheard of to have a big reveal of a lot of information two months before a launch, including what the launch games are even going to be. We didn't know about <coughs> the <Stadia>. clips. <coughs> yeah. I, well, yeah, that's, a, that's the bad end. Yeah. <laughs> So there's the I'm hoping it's in the middle ground. We didn't know about stripper clips. We didn't know about that kind of stuff before January. I don't think, and I, I imagine they're gonna have games on that level to show off. Great. They're not gonna have a Breath of the Wild. They're gonna have like a stripper clips, which is a system seller for Atari VCS for sure. Yep. Speaking of snipper clips and clips Nintendo snippier clips, that's what they're gonna call it. <laughs> Gross. Speaking of Nintendo games, <laughs> uh, we have a British headline rumor with a U. Nintendo has three Metroid games in the works, according to Leak Group, says Ryan Craddock at Nintendo Life. There's a fun-named Twitter user called Leaky Panda. I follow them. I've been following them for a few years now. They're actually, I think, pretty legit. Just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, They've claimed that Nintendo has three Metroid games in the works. Can you guess what they are? Probably two of them, at least. Prime 4? Duh. Prime Trilogy for Switch? I think everyone has known for a while that that's most likely a thing. 
Uh, and then the third one being a Super Metroid re- uh, remake in the same vein as Samus Returns. Um, Prime 4, obviously, I already confirmed by Nintendo. Prime Trilogy has been hinted at, and there was a rumor that it got pulled last minute at last year's Game Awards because of the delay of Metroid Prime 4. Um, but there is strong evidence that that's happening as well. Um, yeah, I think it's great for Super Metroid to have that available. Especially, like, you can play it a trillion different ways now on every console ever, and you can even play it on, like, the SNES, whatever the goddamn on Switch that I always forget exists. So, if we have a remake <laughs> of that, great, sure. One of the greatest I'm games. Put my theory cap on. I'll Go. Theory cap on Show me your second. theory cap. And I hope it's not I tweeted like a about butt this. plug. <laughs> it's about butt plugs and how that's what this new Metro game is going to be about. Oh, plug. shit. Samus is kinky. Um, so, <laughs> so, I tweeted about this already, so some people might already know about this. But when A Link to the Link Between Worlds was originally a rumored... The original rumor said there's a there's a Link to the Past remake being made for 3DS, and they talked about everything you know Link's uh, Link Between Worlds, which was 3D uh, 3D effects on a 2D world and how that influenced the gameplay and how like um, they were gonna kind of w- do something to work with 3D in that 2D world. Like that was the rumor. Like it's gonna be a Link to the Past remake, but it's gonna have this like. Think they're going to do with 3D. Shigeru Miyamoto has always wanted to see uh, uh, that game in in 3D, what it would look like, and that turned out to be not a remake, but like a sequel kind of that took place in that same world, and it was like also kind of remixed in a certain way. Like the Dark World or Low Rule was a little bit different than the Dark World, and there's some sort of like remix to it. And I'm thinking that I think that would make more sense here than a straight up Super Metroid remake because I can already play Super Metroid on the SNES online service i can already play that it's already on switch and and honestly it holds up well enough that i don't think you need to remake it i think it plays great still like i i I wouldn't be surprised if this is actually some sort of quasi sequel in the vein of link between worlds and and how that was interesting interesting i'll be glad it's coming to switch and not 3ds for sure yeah speculation by the way i obviously don't know anything (laughs) speculum Spec- and I have spec- no evidence, <laughs> really. <laughs> Next up, All right. Google Quest Log. We've got a few stories here about Googs. First one is that, you know that Montreal-based studio that Stadia is making? Well, it turns out a lot of former Assassin's Creed devs are joining that studio. Uh, it's the same studio that Jade Raymond came from, who is ahead of their uh, new efforts. These new hires include, I'm going to say these names real well. You ready? Sebastian Puel the former executive producer of Assassin's Creed and is now director general at the new studio. Francois Pelland, who worked at Ubisoft Quebec previously on both Assassin's Creed and the hit South Park Fractured Butthole, and is head of production for Sadia. And then Matthew Leduc has also joined the team as an art director and previously worked on Watch Dogs and Assassin's Creed. They're ramping up. They're ramping up. This is the decision I think should have been made, like... I don't know, two or three years ago. Oh, for sure. As opposed, as opposed to like you know after launch. Yeah, we're not going to see the fruits of this acquisition or any of these things for a while. Yeah, yeah, but it's happening at least. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh, Google fucks up and also offers refunds to Stadia players who bought games added to pro subscriptions. Says James Bachelor at GamesIndustry.biz. Uh, if you're not aware, if you have a Stadia Pro subscription, which currently is the only way to play Stadia right now. 
Uh, you get a free game at least every month. First month was Destiny 2 um, Shadowkeep. Next month game they've really revealed is Farming Simulator 19 and Tomb Raider Definitive Edition. But here's the thing. Everyone who bought it on day one, by the time those are released, I think December 9th, they're still going to be pro members by then. So they're automatically going to get it for free anyway. So they said, hey, if anybody bought those two games already, we're going to refund you. So they didn't have to be like coerced or the internet outcried. They're just like, hey, we're going to give you guys this game for free because time-wise that makes sense. So um, before we shit all over uh, Google in the next story, because I feel like that's going to happen, I actually am going to take Google's side in this one. What were they supposed to do? They have 22 games which is on launch, and they had to have some games available for d- the December free games. So obviously it's going to come from that 22, and they were preemptive about it and said, hey, we'll just give people their money back. I don't know. I kind of feel like I don't know like what they could have done differently in this case. They I think could have is- released... Here's, here's an option. They could have released the December games outside of that first month window and just chosen a monthly date that falls after launch. Um, but yeah, if, if they, for, I feel like they just didn't think about it ahead of time. They're like, well, this is what we got to do. But if, if they, ahead of time, they're like, cool, maybe the second week of every month yeah. or the first Tuesday is when we're going to release the new games every month, then yeah. this would make sense. But I don't know. I think even then, though, like if it was outside the launch window and they're going to release it in December, well, that kind of kills it for that developer when their game is launching in a month that it's going to be free. And I guess it's still kind of playing out the same way right now anyway because everyone's getting reimbursed to who bought it. Right. Um, the, the other side of this is this is probably like 10 people. Like this is right. This exactly. really cost them anything. 10 yeah. people who got so Stadia really and then also bought a 50,000-year-old Tomb Raider game. And farming simulator. Yeah, farming simulator nineteen. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's get ready to talk about what the real shit fuck up. on them. So Google <laughs> responds after Stadia owners accuse it of breaking promises over game performance. Says Wesley Yinpool at Eurogamer. Um, the big thing around this is that Stadia claims that all games are supporting four K <laughs> sixty frames per second if you have the bandwidth and the TV to support that. Um. They mentioned that sometimes, for artistic reasons, game choose to go at 4K 30 frames a second, but Stadia will always stream them at 4K 60 via a two-times encode, says Phil Harrison from... from Which, by the way, that's kind of shitty for a developer. Like, hey, we've chosen to do this for like our own reason, and Google's like, ah, fuck it. Like, that's we're going to change it on you. That's the equivalent of those fucking people in the world, all 95% of the people in the world who leave that true motion on on their TV that artificially just doubles the frame rate of everything and makes it look like crap. That's what this is doing you're, to your game. You're you're right, but it's like worse than that. It's as if like Sony said any movie that we're selling doesn't matter what the director chose to do, the right. DVD has to be played with that, you know, soap opera filter turned on. Yep. At least you can turn off the true motion on your TV if you are smart enough to understand what you're seeing looks stupid. Yeah. Anyway, the good news is that this might not be happening though. Yeah, here's the bad <laughs> news. Uh, Des- yeah. uh Destiny 2 actually renders on Stadia at 1080p and then upscales to 4K. Red Red Redemption does a similar thing at 1080 or 1440p and then upscales to 4K. Uh, So this is across multiple things, like the PC as well as the Chromecast Ultra. Uh, There is, of course, the caveat that if you play it in a Chrome browser, it is going to be 1080p. That's just like a default thing about a Chrome browser. But still, even on the Chromecast, it's actually rendering lower and then upscaling. It doesn't look as good. Um. 
They offered a, uh, which by the way, Digital Foundry has a, a quote that says, Red Dead Redemption 2 on Stadia only has 44% of the Xbox One X's rendering resolution. While even the two, uh, 4.2 teraflop PS4 GPU, PS4 Pro GPU, is generating a higher pixel count, even before factoring the checkerboarding upscale. And Digital Foundry, of course, is like the leading people to talk about all this technical shit about resolution and graphics and hardware. And the fact that they are also taking the wording, too, that, like, Google is being disingenuous here yep. says a lot. Yep. It says a lot. Uh, Google offered a non-statement in response. It says, quote, Stadia, stream, <laughs> Stadia streams at 4K and 60 frames per second, and that includes all aspects of our graphics pipeline from game to screen, GPU, encoder, and Chromecast Ultra, all outputting at 4K to 4K TVs with the appropriate internet connection. And I think that was the biggest fuck-up that they had. Because that is... I'm not a lawyer, but I'm pretty sure that's grounds for a class action lawsuit where they're saying definitively one thing, buy our product for this reason, and there's very legitimate evidence saying the contrary. Yep. This is not good. This is really bad. Anecdotally, just saying this completely, I had a short text conversation with Asa, the five-star man, uh, who has Mm -hmm. Stadia. And he basically agrees. That, like he's played, I forget what he said he played on it, but it's like it, it doesn't look as good as the PS4 mm-hmm. or the Xbox 360 or Xbox One. It's yeah. just like it, it, it's it's obviously this is now me speaking from other things that I've seen online. It is obviously rendering these things. Digital Foundry did a comparison, obviously rendering them at lower resolutions than upscaling. Especially if you watch like Destiny videos or Red Dead videos, like mm-hmm. there is a, a noticeable difference, a very noticeable difference between the two sucks yeah am i surprised not nope, really not surprised yeah i want it to be don't good ex- i don't know i don't even I, at this point i don't know if i want it to be good or whether i want xbox to just drown it yeah i it really at this point well also i don't like google i don't want them nearby games but <laughs> i i really want this concept to work because it could change the way that we we make games. And actually, we'll talk about... Well, I'll hold that thought, because we'll talk about that when we talk about Great. Microsoft's quest log. Next up is Sony quest log. We have Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two has already started development. This is Logan Moore at DualShockers. Well, it fucking better have. Part 1 ships in four <laughs> months. And what are they doing with thumbs up their asses? They, they, we already know they don't know how many parts it's going to be, which is like... That should have been probably something you planned out before you even started making the first part. Yeah. But... uh Tetsuya Nomura has officially announced that the work has begun on part two, and according to Square Enix, earlier today, earlier this year, they were still determining the scope of what part two might cover. Yeah, and that's the reasoning as to why they don't know how many parts are going to be, because they don't know how big the uh, the content outside of Midgar is going to be. So is that going to be two parts, three parts outside? Yeah. They don't know that yet. I haven't finished that. I've actually done think about it. I played the Midgar portion of that game already a while ago on Vita. Um but I don't know anything else about the game. So I don't really they know like, how that, that... At least for the Midgar section, they are apparently adding a shit ton of stuff. Like brand new yes. bosses and areas and interactions and side things. Like there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot more content to fill it out to make a $60 game. But I don't know how the rest of the game translates to that kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. are they going to do something similar with all of it? And then how many parts is it? Because the rest of the game is meaty. Well, so that's what I was going to ask you, is that I've only done the Midgar portion of the game, but like, how much more of the game is outside of Midgar? Is it oh, there's most a of the lot game? of this game. I'd say maybe... Is it like, would you say Midgar is like 25% of the game, 50% of the game? Like, 
it's been a while since I played it, but I'd say it's maybe a quarter, maybe thirty percent of the game. Okay. Oh, so they could really keep this going for a while. They could they could charge you two hundred and forty dollars for this as four parts, probably. <laughs> People would pay it. Yep. Depending on how the first one goes, but I, it's shaping up to look pretty good. Uh, and then finally, one more story about Dev PlayStation Five Dev Kits. Uh, the leaked PS Five Dev Kit photo sets tongues wagging. Says Wesley Yinpool at Eurogamer. Uh, another fun person named the Drunk Cat tweeted a picture of two PS5 dev kits side by side. They look identical to the previous versions, which means they're ugly as sin, but holding like some kind of. Um, <laughs> editor at The Verge, Tom Warren, also retweeted confirming it as a PS5 dev kit. And he also added that the V shape on top with all the vents and it is, in fact, a cooling system so that you can stack them on top of each other without overheating them during stress tests. And then the interesting part here at the end, uh, in the, that same thread on Twitter, Someone tweeted, still wondering about Scarlet dev kits. And then Tom Warren responded, hardly anyone has them, and they're nowhere near final. That's why you're hearing a lot of nonsense about them not being powerful, etc. Microsoft wants to surprise Sony this time. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. More interesting than the dev kits. I don't really care about the PS5 dev kit. To be right. This is the same picture we've always seen. But that part was interesting to me because... First of all, this idea that Microsoft wants to surprise Sony, that seems like a weird move because I could really hurt them by not giving dev kits to developers. That's what I thought, too. Like, you can, you can have more powerful shit, but also, like, you need people to start working with that now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that does kind of line up with Phil Spencer's quote from a couple weeks ago. He says that last generation, we, or this current generation, we were beat on both price and power at launch, and we're not going to make that mistake again. Yeah, it totally fits in with that. And, and that's why that doesn't surprise me that they would do this, because I kind of feel like they have to make a huge stance next year. It can't just be a great launch. It has to be a fantastic launch. Yep. It has to go perfectly. And it has to outplay They have to outplay Sony. They just have to. Yep. So very curious where that goes. Um, speaking of Microsoft, we'll go into the Microsoft Quest speaking log now. Speaking of Italy, Microsoft has, quote, no plans for xCloud exclusive games, says Alex Calvin, PC, from PC Games Insider. Uh, there was some scuttlebutt going around that maybe you would, they would create or develop games that were exclusive to xCloud. Like, even if you had an Xbox, you couldn't play them without the xCloud subscription. Um, Microsoft says, that is not a thing. The spokesperson has, has denied the claims and says, quote, they remain committed to an approach with game streaming that is complementary to console gaming, not a replacement. Uh, I think that's good news. Uh, that we can still, if we choose to buy the console and play it on our TVs and not have the shitty experience of Stadia, that we can still experience everything there is Xbox has to offer. I 100% agree with that. I do have this... I, I realized this while while reading this article, that Stadia does have the one benefit of... And this is going to seem odd to say, but it has the one benefit of being exclusively cloud. Is that it could do unique things that a console can't do because it can rely on cloud infrastructure in, in unique ways. And they've shown off some kind of tech demo-y examples of that, but not really like tangible gameplay examples yet. Um, but it doesn't mean it's not possible. I, I can imagine that there are some interesting things you could do. And have, and this is Sony's doing the same thing too, is that having this requirement that it has to be playable on a console as well could hold them back in a way that Google could pull ahead and say, hey, you might have these console boxes that people like, but we can do things you can't do, and that's what's going to pull the industry forward. Um, it makes sense why right now they might not have exclusive games for xCloud, because even they say it's a, it's a preview. It's not 
a released thing yet. I mean, right. like, it's not I'm final. I should say it's not finalized yet. It's the proper term. Uh, so until it's finalized, there's not really there's, there shouldn't be exclusive content for it. Once it's finalized and it works seamlessly, where you really can't distinguish it from 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 playing on the console, then you might want to see some some of those exclusive games. But Stadia needs to take advantage of the fact that they have the head start on that. They need to, and that's yep. why I'm concerned that they're just starting to make a game studio this late in the game. Yeah. Well, no matter how definitive the statement coming from Microsoft, they can always just ignore it and go back on their word, just like they did with plans for VR. <laughs> Moving <laughs> on segue. to our main quest, <laughs> does Xbox Scarlet need VR? Here's some setup. Xbox Phil Spencer says, Scarlet isn't VR-focused. The audience is on PC, says Alex Calvin from PC Games Insider. Uh, there was a quote this week that says, quote, I have some issues with VR. It's isolating, and I think of games as a communal kind of together experience. We're responding to what our customers are asking for, and, and this is the controversial part, nobody's asking for VR. When he said that, that's what blew, I think, this, this article up, and everyone's like, oh my god, nobody's asking for VR? What about this? What about this? He continues to say, the vast majority of our customers know if they want a VR experience, there's a place to go to get those. We see the volumes of those on PC and other places. Uh, a little bit of background and history um, when the Xbox One X was revealed a few years ago, part of what it was saying is that we have so much more power and we are going to support VR and mixed reality. In fact, I, it was all over the marketing material and I believe it was even on the launch boxes. Like there was a little thing on the back of the Xbox One X that says support mixed reality headsets um, when they first came out. But obviously, that's not a thing. There's no mixed reality headset support. But it is something that they've said they support in the past. But it looks like going forward... Maybe Scarlet won't have that in mind. Another article says, Xbox, get, Xbox boss Phil Spencer explains his stance on VR, says Kaylee Partleton from PC Games Insider. Um, Paris on Twitter responded to Phil Spencer on, and got a response. Paris says, quote, I don't think the issue is Xbox focusing on building up their games lineup. It was the way VR was dismissed as a novelty not worth pursuing when it's clear that there is a huge AAA investment by Valve, Sony, Oculus. In my opinion, just say it's not our focus now, but we're leaving the door open. Phil Spencer replied, fair feedback. I've said publicly, I love how our industry has pioneered. AI, physics, 3D, ray tracing, VR and AR, etc. For us, it's about focus on our innovations right now. I've played some great VR games. I got to play Half-Life Alex in the summer. Amazing. It's just not our focus with Scarlet. So he kind of clarified a little bit, said... Scarlet, there are amazing things in VR. People are asking for VR, but it's just not something we're focusing on with Scarlet. Shuhei Yoshida, former head, not head, what was his title? It was a president, former president of Sony Worldwide Studios, um, also made a comment on Twitter and said, we oftentimes work hard to make things that no customers are asking for. And then the developers of Moss said, like a platformer in VR, smiley face. And Shuhei said, indeed. Uh, that's kind of the Apple philosophy of like, develop things that people don't know they want yet and that's basically what shuhei is saying you're like yeah we work hard to even if people aren't asking for it we develop it it turns out they want it what are your thoughts on that holden as someone who doesn't have any vr stuff you now have an xbox that you're enamored with and xbox game pass mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on xbox scarlet not having any kind of vr support or focus so before we get into my opinion, I think the reason he said this now is because he needs to have this said before next year, before they start talking about what Scarlet is. 
I think a lot of people had expectations that Scarlet, including myself, Scarlet was going to have VR support. And that not only that, but I think that I had figured that the next generation of consoles was really going to be what popularized VR because you had these set, these home boxes that are going to be capable of real VR experiences that are going to be worthwhile because they have much more horsepower. Uh, and this put a total damper on that. That's not what's happening. And I think it's an important thing he had to say, considering they're not doing it. However, I think it's—I I think it's the wrong direction. I think it's—it's—it's it's, it's an odd choice for a few reasons. One is nobody's asking for it. I think Shuhei put it really well. People need to be asking for it. You need to know as a company that there are opportunities there that you can build off of in the future, and you need to offer that so that people know it's that opportunity they can take. If you're not doing that, then it's not going to become a thing. It's like a chicken and the egg thing. You got to make it. You, you ha- and as a big player in the, in the uh, gaming industry, I think that's important. And to say that it's only on PC and other places, those other places is PS4. PS4 <laughs> is the number one place for VR by a long shot. And time will tell how you know Quest plays into that. But even then, I still think PlayStation VR is going to be the biggest place where people play VR games. And the fact that he's saying, well, we're not even really going to touch that, it's just really strange uh, for me. Um, that's one issue I have with it. Um, I don't know. I guess that kind of, I guess that kind of sums it up. It's just, this seems kind of tone deaf. Where Phil Spencer has really, I feel like, been on, he's been like reading the pulse of the industry. And he just seems to be saying the right thing all the time. And this was one where I think he was very. Uh, off. I get where he's coming from, though. It's not a big platform right now. It's not. And I I can't understand why he'd say no one's asking for it. I'm sure they're not getting a lot of demands for it. But VR is one of those things, and I, 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 I to be open here, I, I've done the um, vending for Oculus, like representing for Oculus, and when anyone sees it, I never showed to one person who wasn't amazed by it. You have to have it to sell people on it. I don't know. I'm kind of rambling at this point, but that's yeah. I'm curious what you think. Yeah, I I'm on the same level as you are. I feel like it is a little bit tone deaf, especially seeing the demand. Like not necessarily the demand, but how focused everyone else is on it. The we just saw the newest Half Life game is going to be exclusive to VR. Mm-hmm. Like we know VR integration is going to be a huge part of PS5. Like they're designing that system with VR in mind. And to say that, oh, no, it's like not even a thing worth thinking about for Xbox Scarlet. Not, I, mm-hmm. I don't think there's room in the industry right now and in the marketplace for an Xbox-branded headset. I think that's too far out of the realm of possibility. We've got Oculus. We've got the multiple headsets from um, HTC and from Valve. We've got PSVR. We've got a bunch of stuff already out there. So I don't think we need an Xbox One. But at the very least support for some of those pc based headsets on xbox i understand that it would be kind of it would be a little more difficult to do now than it would have if they got in at launch like for like when when you used to buy an oculus rift it would come with an xbox uh xbox one controller like there was Mm -hmm. a partnership there that was back when they were independent now it's a little bit more difficult but I, i still think you could find some way to like the oculus quest you can plug into a pc now with a USB C cable why not just also plug that into an Xbox with, I mean, with them being owned by Facebook and having like a competing marketplace, I guess it makes us a little bit hairy, but like, why not be able to take those PC based things? It is a windows 10 device hooked up to your TV. They operate on a very similar operating system. 
why not be able to just access your Steam library of games, your Oculus library of games on Xbox somehow and just have that run? Because it is a more accessible, from a financial and from like a hardware perspective, a more accessible interface for VR that people just, they don't have the opportunity for unless they're really tech savvy. And we saw that like there is demand for Oculus Quest. It, like when it first launched, and I think even still, they're, they are selling pretty well. And it's they because are, yeah. they're, they're affordable they're easy to use. You don't have to have a certain tech limitation like set up on your PC. You don't have to make sure you have the right graphics card and all this kind of shit. And I think that Xbox could be that basically the steam machine of VR. It's like something set up and powerful enough to power VR. All you got to think about is just get the headset and plug it in. Especially with the power of these next-gen consoles. These things are supposed to be really, really powerful. And, and P- PlayStation 4 can already handle it. Definitely not as well as a PC can, but it can already do it. So imagine what a PS5 and Xbox 2 would be able to do. It'd be an v- extremely comp- uh, uh, um, competent VR experience. Yeah. And Without much effort the heads- on their part, really, I feel like. They just have to well, integrate especially- the stores of the other ones that are already supported on Windows 10. And just allow compatibility yeah. with the headsets. That's it. Which Windows 10 has support already for VR. The, yeah. it's gonna be played on pc what's pc pc is windows what's xbox it's windows like i don't really see where it would be that hard to build that that connection especially when the, in from a hardware perspective when these headsets don't really need the cameras anymore a lot of these them have built-in sensors where you literally just plug it into the xbox and that's it that's it, that's all you have to do yep. i i'm really surprised what it reminds me of is it reminds me of PlayStation saying we're going to discs in the nineties and Hitler saying, Nope, we're going to cartridges. <laughs> and it's like, are are you tone deaf? Like that's where everything is going. Um it's just it feels like Nintendo saying online's not the future. And we don't need to do that. It just feels God, like some yeah. of these really dumb, like uh in, dumb in hindsight decisions that Nintendo made, this feels like one of those. hundred percent. I don't I'm think really it bummed. is I don't think it is a the title of our segment, Does Xbox Scarlet Need VR? I don't think it needs VR. I think it is a huge mm-hmm. missed opportunity for it not to have it. But I do think that yeah. it has a leg up right now, especially going into this next generation, if PlayStation doesn't have anything to combat it. It has a leg up with Game Pass and Game Pass Ultimate and all of these other services that it provides. It needs first-party games still. But mm-hmm. um, I think what it's doing, it's not going to fail because of it. It doesn't need VR, but man, is that such an easy thing you could implement, I think. I, I, I'm going to say I do think it needs VR, but I also completely agree with what you're saying. It doesn't need VR in the sense of no one's going to choose to buy an Xbox based on off of whether or not it supports VR. I don't even think including it necessarily would have drawn a huge audience i mean clearly even though psvr is doing the best of any vr headset it sold like what four million units out of the over 100 million ps4s that are out there so like it's not this system's you know it's not a killer uh uh it, it blah it, it's not a huge seller is the point but where they need it is they need to be at the beginning of vr so that when vr starts becoming really big there are experiences that Microsoft can point back to in their history and say, you know, like, we've been there since the beginning. We have nurtured VR. We support VR because it's going to be a huge thing. It's like the onset of 3D gaming where it'd be very strange for one company to say, well, we're just going to stick with 2D games because that's working. There's not really a need for 3D games. Look how they don't look that great on the N64. And then the GameCube comes out and that whole generation of games comes out and 3D is now the de facto standard 
in a way that the games look and hold up and play really well. And they're going to miss that initial period where they could have been learning. Yep. And I think in that way, they need VR. They need to be a part of the history, even just for marketing purposes. They need to be a part of that history. They need to be part of that history so that they can innovate and contribute so that their teams can learn how to develop these games and, and know what it people are looking for in VR experiences. Otherwise, they're just going to be copying what other people are doing. Another another thing I thought of is these consoles, these next consoles coming up, Scarlet and PS5, they're going to be around for, if tradition tells us anything, five, six, seven years before we even see whatever's next. Mm-hmm. If two, three years from now, VR suddenly, like PlayStation VR 2 comes out and Quest 3 or 4 is out by then and like it has become a huge thing and Xbox didn't plan Scarlet with that in mind they're not going to be able to retroactively go back and make that a thing without doing some ugly, inelegant solution like PS4 did, where they're like, mm-hmm. well, you have to have this breakout box and a trillion cables and all these kind of things. Like, They need to start thinking about building that into the hardware so that they don't have to sell you another SKU of Xbox in order to play catch-up. Yeah, which we don't have this confirmed yet, but there have definitely been rumors, and I think very plausible, believable rumors, that PS5 is custom-making their silicon f- to consider VR. Right. So crazy. They're... Yeah, they're missing out. It's not going to kill them, but it's something that they, I think they needed to be there for that fight. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, listeners? If you want to find out, or if you want to let us know, tweet at Respawn Aim Fire. What else can you tweet at us? You can tweet at us subscriber interrogatives. Those are fancy ways of saying listener questions. Um, and none of you did. So next week, here we go. I'm going to threaten it again. If we don't have any <laughs> subscriber interrogatives next week, I'm making some shit up, and I'm going to attribute it to some of you guys. And some of it might be real racist, and you're going to forever be known as a racist now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I won't do that. But please, write into us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, legit, like, customer – not customer. What are we – our community. Like, interacting with our community is what makes this really great for us. We're going to end today with Game on Game Show, the game on our game show where we play a game called Game on. The game show on our game show. Game, 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 game. This week, I thought I didn't have one, but because Dusty two weeks ago brought his own game – I didn't use my game I created, and now we do have a game. It is another rendition of Now Flesh It Out, Now Flesh It Out, where we take two games, mash them together, figure out what that might look like. I have five pairs. Holden, are you ready? Yes. Okay. Now okay. I'm ready. Whew, okay. Now here's, there's a caveat to this. There are a couple of games on this list. I know you're going to do the Holden thing. I'll mention the game. You're like, I've never played that game. But you know what the game is. Or I can describe it to you real quick, and then we can decide from there. We're going to start with one that you're going to say to both of those games. I've never played those games before. Are you ready? Yoshi's Cookie crossed with StarCraft. Yoshi's Yoshi's Cookie. Cookie. Yoshi's Cookie was a Game Boy game, original Game Boy game, that was basically like a bejeweled meets Tetris. Like a mean bean machine kind of thing. Uh, Starring Yoshi. And then there's StarCraft, the RTS game from Blizzard. So I have an idea, but it's a really terrible idea. Okay. Like, it would be aggravating and awful, and it would not make any players happy. Uh, StarCraft RTS game, that's the base, but your units can only attack if they're lined up in colors of three. Oh, gross. <laughs> so, like, so, like, you might really need to, to fight, but you don't have another unit, and then you're done. That's it. That's gross. It's gross. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> what's worse than that? Here's what you could do. 
you have because Starcraft's one of the ones where you have like a little like field of like fifteen people, and that's like your your squad. You move those guys around as well as squads of, that look similar, right? That it's sounds that right. I've never played Starcraft, but I understand what it is, and that sounds okay. right. <laughs> if it's that, your squad is a block of moving like bejeweled pieces essentially and in order for them to attack you have to start creating combinations within them and using those combinations you can get high scores to do more damage to your enemies that actually might not be that bad let's make it like jumping in and out of different like different like sets of bejeweled to do moves in your large scale tactical strategies and all of your troops are just different yoshis because you have the blue flying yoshi the red fire spitting yoshi the yellow ground pound Mm -hmm. yoshi Mm-hmm. There we go. There we go. You could do some. You could hear. All right. Here's actually a really cool thing you do with this. <laughs> so, like the fire Yoshi, the uh, the electrical Yoshi, like whatever. There's like, different types of Yoshis, right? But as you do bejeweled, the p- predominant color might change, which then changes what type of element that unit represents. So, like, oh, I can get rid of a bunch of yellows right now, but there are these guys coming up that are water-powered. I might not want to get rid of all those yellows because I need the yeah. electrical powers to fight the water guys. There can be some really cool gameplay mechanics in go. that. Go make that game, Holden. Let's do it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like everything you just said, so I'm not going to even offer anything else. Number two. Tomb Raider Definitive Edition with the extra hair, <laughs> the new hair engine. Uh, Crossed with Project Gotham Racing. Don't worry, Holden. It was an arcade racer that came out with Xbox launch. It's an Xbox Studios game. Uh, It's arcade, do cool tricks, slides, and things like that, and gather points as you go around racetracks. I talked a lot last time, so why don't you go first this time? Uh, Okay, Uh, so here's the thing. Every car has a wig on the back of it, and there's expert (laughs) air physics on the back. (laughs) If you don't maintain your hair, it'll slow the aerodynamics down and you won't do as well. If you get knots, yep. If you get in a wreck, your hair gets all ratty and knotted and you got to brush it. Oh. <laughs> you have little crew members who, like, come out to the pit stop. And they're just, like, combing your car. <laughs> or that's so, so that's, that's awful. That's so dumb. <laughs> but, like, in the best way, like, in an endearing way, that's great. <laughs> We could also go the tomb exploit like there could be like a, a puzzle exploration tomb raider type game where like but it's all like car based puzzles. Like you are a car like kinda like San Francisco Rush or Rush twenty forty nine. They had like different I don't actually that's not the game I'm talking about. I have about. to wipe away tears. Because <laughs> of the hair brushing your car's yeah. hair. Uh, but no, like an art like an arcade based car game but it's also exploring tombs and you can like get different points for different things that you find in the tomb but it's like all car based jumping off of hills and cliffs and st- shit like that and Ooh. that could be fun or like think about you're on a road or in a forest there are so many seasons from forza that we could use as well <laughs> and you just find how, how many of the seasons four oh, and they change all everything. the seasons oh, all the seasons sorry. all yeah, all the seasons. Um, but here's the thing. I just, the Tomb Raider route, you have to go hunting a lot. Fucking roadkill bonanza. Just bears, run them over. <laughs> Wolves, run them over. It's just you trying to run over as many animals as you can in all the seasons. <laughs> and winter is the final one because the icy roads adds difficulty. There you go. It's tough. Got to ramp up that difficulty. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Frick yeah. I like the first idea, though. <laughs> the hair on the cars. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, it can't, I just I just love that image of you go to the pit crew. They don't replace your tires. They don't fill the gas. They just comb your hair and then let you drive <laughs> off. Comb your hair. Put a little gel in there, a little mousse. <laughs> Maybe we'll give you a new headband. Product placement <laughs> opportunity right there. So help fund the game. Yep. Yeah. Uh, next up, I honestly have no idea what this would look like. Devil May Cry crossed with Minesweeper. Huh. I have not played Minesweeper before. I don't know that it's much a about game. it. But I'm, it's like <laughs> it's a grid, you and you click to... on a spot, and there will be a number that tells you like there are two mines around adjacent to this spot, and you click on another okay. spot, hoping that it's not a mine, and like cool, that clears a little area, and then it will tell you all right, there is like zero mines adjacent to this one mine. So you're trying to clear as much of the board without actually clicking on a mine. Huh. What if so? I mean, you could do the easy route, which is just say it's Minesweeper, but it just tells you when demons are around you. Yeah, that's boring. But I think that's that's like if Konami was handed a license and they had to do something, like that. <laughs> and they make it just a, a fucking demon pachinko yeah. machine. Great. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, that's a really tough one. This yeah. is really hard. When I came up with this weeks ago, I was like, I have no fucking clue what we're gonna say for this one. But it's, let's see what the conversation leads to. Because it's two very different games. You have an action-style game that's very fast-paced, and then like a methodical, considerate minesweeper. So what if it, that, there is a, there it is? It's the method, it's the um, considered mechanics is what we have to combine there. So the surge had that kind of considered mechanics where you have to decide where you want to hit. Oh yeah, you're gonna chop off their arm to take their glove. You're gonna chop off their head because you want their helmet. Yeah, I don't know how to tie in the whole, like, there's three or two, like, around. I don't know how to do that, but what if certain parts of these enemies are, like, poisoned, and you don't know what it is? So you have to be strategic in assuming, like, well, where do I want to hit these guys? I don't know where I want to hit them. So you have to kind of look at them, make a judgment, and then attack and hope for the best. Okay, like, imagine you're you're fighting a big boss, and he's, like, a big Sheba-looking thing with many arms and shit like that. And it's like, certain areas of this boss you can hit and be fine. Certain areas of it fucking poison you, you're dead immediately, or they explode, or something like that. You gotta figure yeah, out how to take just... it down and dismember it in just the right way without it killing you. Exactly. All right. Very good, Holden. That, that could actually be kind of fun. Yeah. It'd be a hard game though. It'd be very make that game. game. Just make it. Just make it. Did you uh, hear that snap is a weak snap. I just made it. That's a pretty strong snap though. Do you do your snap with your ring finger? Yeah, I use my ring finger. That's so weird. I use my middle finger. Yeah, I don't know how people like that. Like, I go, you do like this? Your ring finger is just so far away from your thumb that I feel like... But it works well. Like, it, it does its job. Have you ever met those people that can snap with all four fingers? No, that's nuts. That's, uh, that's talent. <laughs> I've always wanted to be able to snap, like, really loudly. Um, when I was working at uh, the Best Buy over here in uh, in Warwick, uh, there was this, um, this guy named Steven. He works for Cox Communications. And he would just walk up behind me and just do the loudest snap ever in my ear. It would always scare the crap out of me. <laughs> but it was like I couldn't get mad. It was like, damn, he got me. And that was like the most amazing snap ever. <laughs> How did he do it? <laughs> oh, snap. Anyway. Speaking of Konami that you brought up earlier, Metal Gear Solid, which you've now played. So I've now played. Crossed with Anthem, which you refused to play. But you know what <laughs> no, it I is. I played the demo. Oh, sorry, I played, played the, the demo, demo, so I do know what that is. Metal Gear Solid so, crossed with Anthem. <laughs> I don't know. That's like 
I guess you could make it so it's just like a super hard difficulty setting for Metal Gear Solid. I guess it's kind of already this way, actually, where enemies take forever to take down. <laughs> These are the, old, the older ones. They're like they're bullet sponge enemies, but that's already kind of there. Yeah. Here's an idea. So a lot of the enemies in Metal Gear Solid are like augmented or like they have some kind of suit or something like that, especially in Metal Gear Solid 4. They're all like fucking cyborgs and shit like that. You could you could totally do from the villain's perspective. You you play as like these people in exosuits, and you could just create a whole new class of villains, a whole new fox or whatever. Or, um, um, fo- I forgot the name of the the group. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But you create and you play as the villains against Snake, and the, he just like you as as switch between the different villains and your different because you can have the different anthem classes too. You can switch between those suits. Like that would be kind of cool. Oh yeah, like you're playing as the Metal Gear. Yeah, you're, you well, be, spoilers be, for Metal Gear Solid 4, you do play as the Metal Gear. Oh, do you? You play as Metal Gear Ray. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. Or you can do a comical version where you have to be Snake, but in the Anthem javelin suits, having to be quiet and like crawl around and shit, <laughs> but you're like clunking and everything because it's made out of metal. And you have to smoke on the inside of the suit too, which is like the equivalent of smoking in your car with the windows up, but the car is much yeah. smaller and you're going to suffocate. All right. <laughs> Last game, Death Stranding crossed with Pokemon Sword and Shield. Okay, here it is. It's just Pokemon Sword and Shield, but there's no Pokemon box. And you can only carry as many Pokemon as you can hold in your arms. <laughs> and you have to get all the way to Elite Four carrying like a Charizard and a fucking Panda Bear and all these things. But you have to carry them. And if you want a really strong legendary Pokemon, that's really heavy and it's going to be most of your party. Or, or what you could do is you carry them, but they're in a backpack, just like a Death Stranding, and you have to, like, balance it out to make sure they don't roll out of your bag. <laughs> if they roll out, you got to go pick it up and get it again. Oh, man. Yep, you can't catch it. You've got you've got you've to go pick it up, reorganize your backpack, not fall over. <laughs> and when you It's run- just a big bag of all rolling Pokeballs. When like, you run into another awful. gym or a, a trainer or a gym battle or something like that, you have to, like, unpack your Pokemon out of your bag. <laughs> Hold on, my Charizard's at the bottom. Let me dig through my other shit because I have fifty thousand Starlies here. Also, also, the wild area is the open world of of Death Stranding. At least one of these open world segments that are, are in it, and they're just little towns, just like in corners of that world. <laughs> so I have to walk like for like twenty minutes to get to a town that says like three houses in it that you can go into. All right. It'd be so imbalanced and disproportionate. It'd be amazing. <laughs> I'm excited to get back to Death Stranding. Now that I know Jedi Have Fallen Over Order is done and I'm not going back to it to collect all the other shit, like I'm, I'm like, I can finally put time into Death Stranding. I'm excited. I, I'm not looking forward to it as much. It's one of those things where I didn't hate it while I was playing it, but looking back, I'm like, but why was I playing it in the first place? So I have to get back into yeah. it once I start playing it again. Yeah. Great. Well, that's it for Game on Game Show, and that is it for our podcast. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week. Same time, same channel. Any podcast service ever. If you would like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash respawnaimfire. Again, this week, if you support us $1 above, you can play Anthem with us on PS4 or Sea of Thieves on Xbox One. Uh, our barf backlog accomplishment respawn with friends of November was Undertale. You can go listen now to our reactions on that. It's a pretty short one because, spoilers, the game's fucking great. Uh, and then for December, we're playing Donut County. By that, 
play it. If you already have it, play it again. And then let us know your experience with it. Either send us an email at respawningfire@gmail.com, do a Patreon post, call us, and just talk about anything. <laughs> um, and that's it. Until next time, here's our usual sign-off. Who do you think you are?